Hello and good afternoon. You're very welcome along to SBCR and this is episode two of the KMG exploring the workings of uh, the Killaloo Municipal District and all that that entails, the staff that are there, the people that represent us, local democracy in action. And for this episode, we're extremely happy to have the man that wears many hats. And uh, I suppose it's hard to sort of give him a full description, but we'll start off and sort of say the Mayor of Clare and also elected representative for the Fine Gael Party in the Killaloo Municipal District, Mr Joe Cooney. Joe, good afternoon and thank you for coming. Good afternoon, Luke. Joe... Your party's own page does you a little bit of a disservice in how it sort of describes you, if you don't mind me saying, because there's a line in it where they come up with, Joe has been representing the people of the new Killaloo electoral area for over 10 years. He has worked to the best of his ability to deliver for you and your community over that time. Technically, the the new Killaloo electoral area is correct that you've been here for over 10 years, but you were first elected, we'll say, to Clare County Council in what was, I think, the Scarif area at the time in 2004. So you have four done. You're going for the five in a row with the elections coming up in June. A consistent poll topper since 2009 exceeded the quota in those three elections. Uh, I presume you'll be going to try and do the best that, that you can again, but... Just tell us, we'll say, about some of the work that you do, we'll say, in the council, in your role as mayor, uh, that you have, we'll say, for a year, you're halfway through your term there, and as an elected representative on Clare County Council for the KMD. Okay, again, Luke, like what you said, um, going for five in a row, and we've well aware of a lot of teams and individuals were going for five in a row, but came a But anyway, that's another day's work. You are uh, right. I started back in 2004, and she was the Scarif electoral area at that time, and there was three of us elected at that time, um, Lord Mercy, Colm Wiley, Pat Hayes, and myself. And again, it was a smaller area, but as a local public representative, there's a lot involved, and there's no point saying there isn't a lot involved, a lot of work. You're out there representing the people from the area, you're covering, and as I said, back in 2004, it was discovered for Little Area. Then it moved, it expanded after that, and it came in to a five-seater, and that went on for the last three elections, and on the, uh, the next election after that, it came to the Killaloo Municipal District, and for the fourth election, believe it or believe it or not, the area changed again, where the Queen, Clooney and Pat and Omarka came into our area. So with the four elections I have taken part in, the areas have changed on the four occasions. But again, as I said, I did get through and get elected on the four occasions. And as I say, have enjoyed it since I was elected back in 2004. There's no point saying it that there isn't a lot of hard work. Yes, there is a lot of hard work when you're there representing the people. You have to be available to the people when you're required. And I said day one that I'd be available 24-7. I've almost my fourth term done and I'm still available to the people 24-7. And I always try my best if I don't be able to answer the phone or get in contact with people, no matter what way it is, when they contact me, I always try and get back to the people, which is very, very important. And it's what the people would expect when they went and elected me as their public representative 
uh, in the different elections. Yep. So there's a lot of hard work in it, and I've been saying it the whole time. Every morning when you get up, there's a challenge ahead of you, and you have to face into that challenge, and you have to work with that challenge to the best of your ability to try and work with the local authority, work with the local community groups, work with the people who represent them, and try and do your utmost to see, can you solve problems? Can you make our county and our MD a better place to live, to work and to enjoy? Well, that, that's a great line, Joe. And uh, we'll, we'll be keeping you to that one, we'll say, when the elections come in June. And as I said, with everybody that we have on in relation to it, we wish everybody uh, an equal and best opportunities and best wishes to everybody in relation to the elections when it, t- when it takes place. There is one thing, just in relation to the added responsibility, Joe, that you have, uh, I suppose I should mention, we'll say you've previously involved at a very high level in Clare GA as well. You're currently the boss man over in the mills from trying to keep the show on the road over there as well uh, but you're also we'll say the mayor of Clare so what uh, extra responsibilities and time constraints does that put on you? The mayor of Clare is a big role and again as you're well aware you're the Cahillac of Clare County Council you're the mayor of Clare it's really the same position but again there is an, a lot of constraints uh, I wouldn't say any pressure, but a lot of work involved in it. You are chairing meetings. There is different commissions there that you have to be represented at. Um, you're expected to travel around to different uh, organisations around the county, also to the different functions that's going on. Even outside the Clare County Council, you can be asked to different dinner dances or functions or whatever's happening in different parts of the county. You are expected to attend those functions within the county, if you're asked. Lucky enough, we have a deputy mayor, unless Cahillac, and sometimes there would maybe two or three functions come together maybe in a couple of days, and you not, may not be able to attend them all. And that's the idea, having the last Cahillac, that they will represent you. But I always notice and see the communities of whatever meeting on would prefer to see the mayor of the day coming to the meeting, but as much as possible I would try and attend. But as I say, luckily enough, there is Alaska here and they would help me out as well. Also, there's functions overseas that you're expected to attend. I have already attended a number of doors over the last six months. And as you did rightly say, Luke, I'm halfway through the term, I'm into the second half of it. And again, there's going to be a number of functions coming up over the next couple of months overseas as well. So really what you're doing is... You're representing the people of this county here both at home and abroad. And again, it's important to do that to the best of your ability. It's a big role, and there's no point saying the Mayor of Clare is not a big role. It is a big role. I've enjoyed the last six or seven months of it. I will be doing my utmost to represent the people and do my utmost for the people of this county, both overseas and here at home in Clare and here in Ireland. But again... It's it's busy. There's no point saying it's not busy. It'll be busy, as you're well aware, for the next six months with the local elections and European elections coming up on the 7th of June. But I'm really enjoying it, have enjoyed the past six, and looking forward to the next six months. Well, good, good stuff. I, I presume somewhere along the lines you'll, you'll keep the diary a little bit clear for a week or two before the local elections here. To, to sort of, I'm, I'm sure you're pounding the, 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 the highways and byways of East Clare and the, uh, the general area, we'll say, to keep in touch with people as you always do. So, listen, 
we will move on a little bit and we'll say the reason that we have you in is that we had uh, the guy here look I will say of the Killaloo MD Tony O'Brien uh, you have followed in the role of uh, mayor as well so I, I suppose great for two councillors from we'll say the KMD the Killaloo Municipal District to be sort of mayor of Clare you know uh, two years in a row so I'm sure that that's uh, something that isn't lost on either of you and a, gr- a great reflection on the work that you sort of do that your peers have sort of decided that but what we're talking about here is basically the meeting of the Killaloo Municipal District that took place on the 15th of November and that took place in the offices, we'll say, in the Mount Shannon Road in Scariff. And like all these meetings, Joe, there's an agenda. And we're going to go through the agenda one by one. There are motions in relation to it. And then there's a, there's a presentation as well. And there's, we'll say, I'll start with um, what's their motion, th- or sorry, uh, item three on the agenda was a section 38. And that's proposed traffic calming measures to Market Square, Scarif and L4024 roadway. Now, I'm going to skip that because that at the meeting was adjourned and there was uh, action taken on that after your meeting took place. So we'll go through the actual items that took place on, on your meeting and we'll come back to the Section 38 if that's okay. One of the, the things that we'll say you do is that on occasions you invite groups or people in to have a sort of a discussion about what they do. And I know, we'll say recently, you had people, we'll say, from the LCETB, the Education Board, came in. You had people, we'll say, from SIS, the contractors that are working on the bridge. But for the last meeting, you had a presentation from TFI Local Link Limerick and Clare. So that is basically the organisation that are responsible for bringing rural buses and rural transport, we'll say, to parts of, we say, the county, which wouldn't be served by the likes of, uh, I suppose, Erin Road Erin or the main main, uh, bus companies and organisations in the country. So would you just give us a brief description of what TFI Local Link spoke about and your thoughts on the system that's there at the moment? Yes, look, again, look, we had that presentation from TFI Local Link. I must say it was actually an excellent presentation. Again, we're well aware of Local Link and the way it's serving the rural parts of this county. And as we are aware, there be a lot of areas in the county, the rural parts more so, that wouldn't have a bus travelling around those areas for only the Local Link t- and the great work they're doing. Again, um, a number of new routes did start up last October, November, and they really came into the meeting in November to outline those new routes, also to outline some of the existing routes, and also to outline to the local public representative as how they were going to look as going forward and improving the bus routes and the structure they have in the Killaloo MD and indeed throughout the county. As you've said, as you've said, there is a lot of buses travelling now on the local link. We had a little concern starting off would have been used enough for these buses. But I must say now as time has progressed, yes, there's great use we made of them. And people are really delighted to see buses come into villages like the Vutek, Killinina, Flagmount, Whitegate, Mount Shannon, Kilkishan or Callahan's Mills, Brawford, areas like that, that we probably didn't see a bus, spare school bus, 
five times in the year and maybe a few more and maybe a few less in some areas. So really, it's great for the local people. They can hop on their bus, they can be go in tennis, go to Limerick, they can actually come from Highgate to Scarif and get off in Scarif if they want to, journeys like that. That's vital and important. And it's really linking the rural parts with the urban parts. And that is fantastic. Again, the presentation was excellent. But the good one good thing is these roads they run three to four times a day for most most areas. I mean we've a bus coming from Whitegate Tennis, coming through Mount Shannon, through Scarif, onto Bodaik, onto Tola and on Tennis. So the amount of people that if if the people want to use the, the system, the amount of people they can, can get from Whitegate to those uh, villages and towns along the way and in Tennis, they can stay in Innes, spend a number of hours in Innes and there's roads coming back from Innes staying back to those areas three, three to four times a day as well. That is an excellent service and that's happening in other areas. I mean, you have the same from Quinn to Kilkishan to Callaghan's Mills to Bradford and into Limerick. And that's gone on four times a day. So you can spend your number of hours in Limerick or in Innes or stay in like the Tolla or Scarif and then a bus comes in that'll get you back to your lo- locality or back to your area later on at different times of the day. So overall, it was a fantastic presentation. My belief is, yes, this is the way forward. And my belief is more people will use the local link going forward as well. And... Again, we're all well aware it's going to probably lessen the amount of cars and transporters on the road. The buses, as we're well aware, can bring a large number of people. But overall, it's a fantastic system, and I hope the people out there use it. Now is our opportunity, and it's also our opportunity to promote it and make sure that local links survive going forward and the people use it as a service. Yeah, I think it's fair enough to comment on it. That I think there might have been a little bit of scepticism when things got up and running with it and sort of, pe- you know, people wondering, what is it? Where is it? And, you know, is anybody going to use it? But as as, as they have indicated and would say, I, I just found from the presentation, my, what I took away from it was that the level of sort of interaction with different groups, agencies and people and community organisations that they have had in relation to trying to come up with the roots is very impressive. And it's a bit like, you know they're still fine-tuning and like I know one of the examples was given in relation to the link to Flagmount that would say you know extending it would say from Fecal up to Flagmount and that as you said that has made a difference you know for people and it's connecting people will say in the rural parts of the county and our, our local area and if they want to go to you know it could be that they just want to come down to Scarif for a few hours and then they could get a lift back to, we'll say to Scarif in the evening or else if they want to go to Ennis or go to Tulla that they can you know so I think it's very much to be um, admired what they're doing hopefully the funding will still uh, be there for, for a number of years Joe but I suppose we'll leave it basically locallinklc.ie is basically where you can go to their website and see all the routes that they have they have a phone number there as well 065 671 or you can check the website for details it's it's sort of uh, it's linked with we'll say Limerick and Clare it's the one sort of group that are responsible for covering the two areas but we'll say the, the routes are all sort of local we'll say into the county that, that's correct and the other thing I'd like to see maybe get more involved in school transport as well yes and, which was and a matter that ye, a, a number of you brought up that, that's, that's correct yeah and that's vital and important as we're all well aware of the restrictions when children and the 
some locations as a girl getting a school bus to the local school so hopefully that local link will look at that as well and work with the department or maybe the other way around the, the, the department work with local link to help out in this situation yeah. as well yeah and as man says that's one we'll say that will be uh, I'm sure expounded on in the coming months Correct. right listen we'll get on to uh, the motions that took place and as we've previously indicated every councillor gets two motions to put in we'll say for the meeting and we're going to do these in order and the first two that we have here are in relation to motions from Councillor Alan O'Callaghan. So number five then uh, on the agenda was works be carried out on the hedgerow at Cranaher Cross the L4060 i.e. the junction leading onto the R352 as it is obscuring the sightline visibility distance from the Ennis slash Spansel Hill direction and is a main artery via Spansel Hill to Ennis as well as the M18 motorway in the interest of safety. And we had a reply then from Declan Flanagan, who is the acting senior executive engineer, we'll say from the council. And Declan states, Clare County Council have been engaging with landowners at Cranaher Cross over the past few months regarding improvement of sight lines at the junction between the L4060 and the R352. We have submitted this junction for low-cost safety scheme funding proposals for 2024. In the interim and arising from this notice, the roadside trees, saplings between the road edge and boundary walls will be cut down to verge level to improve visibility at this busy junction off the R352. This work will be scheduled to be completed before the end of November and we will continue to liaise with landowners regarding same. So that's the reply from the council, Joe. Can you give me your thoughts on that one? Yes, my thoughts are like other junctions coming out onto regional roads. This is a dangerous junction. It's a busy junction and it's coming out on to the main R352 and we're all well aware of the amount of traffic that travels on the R352. That's from it, the, the, main, the main Ennis, we'll in, say. Ennis to Port Road and yeah. this, this junction is near the Spencer Hill location. Yeah. Again, a lot of people have been on about the safety around that junction and I am well aware that there is talks going on with local landowners to improve the sight lines which is badly needed on that junction at both sides, both to the inner side and the taller side. Um, those talks are going on. My belief is, yes, funding is being looked at in 2024, and we hope that there will be improvement works in which, which, which uh, consideration and with uh, uh, the consent of the landowners to improve the sidelines. And my yes... The funding has been looked at, the landowners have been spoke to, and we'll be all hopeful that this junction will be improved in 2024 and it'll make it a lot safer for people using that junction coming out onto that regional road. And my belief is, yes, it was a very good motion, a timely motion, especially with the amount of busy, that road getting busier. With the Killaloo um, bridge crossing and bypass, it's probably going to bring a lot more traffic on to the R352 from Tom Graney in Tainer. So it was a good motion. Hopefully, it will be achieved in the near future to improve the sight lines yeah. there. Okay, that's fine, Joe. Right, uh, item six then. Uh, second motion, we'll say from Alan. Works be carried on the R four seven one at the bridge, and then that's uh, CLR four seven one dash zero one seven dot zero zero. As both bridge and road is in need of repair, and anybody that sort of uh, passes by a bridge now, there's always a little sign on it that gives an indicator as to as to where where it is. And then basically, there's a reply from Declan Flanagan then arising from this notice of motion Killaloo MD have contacted colleagues in road design who have examined
examined the bridge and have applied for funding to repair it in 2024 under the Bridge Rehabilitation Programme of Works. So that's the reply there. Your thoughts? Yeah, look at my thoughts. Well, again, that bridge is down in the Clonlava direction. It's between Camden's Cross and Harold's Cross, and it's a bridge, the sides of it, I mean, bad uh, repair, and they need to be uh, upgraded, and also the sections of all day along is not great. Yes, his work needs to be carried out, and works need to be done, and I must compliment the council on the fantastic work that has been done throughout the county on bridges. A lot of our bridges were going into bad disrepair, unfortunately. We had sides of them falling in, stones falling off them, but fantastic work had been over the, done over the last number of years, and hopefully with this motion being down at the November meeting, that something will happen with this bridge as well in 2024. Okay, we'll move on then, Joe, to item number seven, and we're on to now two motions from Councillor Tony O'Brien. And this one, the meeting got a little, I would say a little bit heated, but there was a little bit of frustration with an outside body, and we'll talk about that. Uh, the motion is that Clare County Council take action by engaging with NRVO and DSB to get public lighting in our housing estates and on our streets repaired. Many of these public lights have been out of action for several months. And then the reply from Michael McNamara, the Assistant Senior Executive Engineer in Roads and Transportation in the Council. And he says, Clare County Council are engaged with both NRVO and ESB networks on an ongoing basis with the view to ensuring the repair of faulty public lighting in a timely manner. However, as much of the public lighting infrastructure in our housing estates and on public roads is dated, brackets old, it does not comply with current ESB standards. ESB networks now require the completion of additional works in advance of any repairs to public lights to ensure compliance with ESB's public lighting network requirements, and on completion this will provide uninterrupted access to the council public lighting infrastructure to minimise repair delays and outage extents in the future. Clare County Council continues to engage and liaise with NRVO and DSB networks to promote increased allocated resources with a view to ensuring outage periods are reduced going forward. Now, Joe, this is probably a matter that comes up on a regular uh, occasion in relation to, you know, lights being out and stuff like that. Tony referenced, we'll say, a number of lights, we'll say, you know, in, in Millstream and, we'll say, Clonboy and Bridgetown that have been out for a period of time. And it appears that there was a lack of communication from ESB there with maybe council representatives yourselves or, you know, with, with people in relation to some of the standards that exist now because it appears the ESB have updated their sort of standards that they require and a lot of this lighting would have been put in in the past. So what, what thoughts have you on that, that matter? Well, Lucas, that is very concerning. And the one line here which is very concerning to me and to a lot of uh, local public representatives and to a lot of the public out there is as much of the public lighting infrastructure in our housing estates and on public roads is dated old and it does not comply with the current ESB standards. Mm. I mean, it has complied up to now and unfortunately now it's gone by its sell-by date and it's actually delaying getting lights repaired. It's not good enough. It's not good enough for the public. And more action needs to be taken, that be by the ESB, by the local authority, and the local authority's hands are tied and there's no point saying they're not. So it's really by the ESB. But I can't understand, it was good enough up to now, that why a light can't be just repaired and let you carry on until the ESB gets around to upgrading the infrastructure. Again, 
lights throughout different villages in rural parts and we're all ringing uh, the local authority, um, the ESB networks, whatever the case may be, to repair lights, but they're all taking too long to be repaired, unfortunately. And I'm aware of lights in different villages throughout the Killaloo MD. We've been ringing, 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 ringing for maybe over two months before we can get someone out just to repair uh, one public light in the middle of a village, which is vital and important to those rural villages. So a lot of concern there as regards uh, the public lighting system at the moment, but hopefully with things moving forward and the ESB working with the local authority that this problem can be sorted and we can all move forward. Yeah, it, it seems to be a matter that's a little bit outside of, we'll say, the council's control from the point of view of that the public lighting, you know, doesn't, as you said, the line in that reply was it does not comply with current ESB standards. Surely if the people that are responsible for, you know, we'll say ESB and this NRVO, if it doesn't comply with the standards that they would have to upgrade it to make it comply with the standard, it does seem a little bit like putting the cart before the horse. And you made a very good point there. If they haven't everything upgraded to their current standards, that shouldn't stop them from coming out and being able to replace a light bulb. Well, that, that, w- that would be my belief as well, Luke. I mean, them light bulbs have been replaced in the past. Yeah. Why not just continue until the ESB get the opportunity to get around and bring this infrastructure yeah. up to the, the proper standard? And we all know there's work involved in bringing this infrastructure if it's been up to the present-day standards. Yeah. But I'd be calling here, like what Councillor, Callan, uh, Councillor O'Brien called, get the lights working at least and try and repair the infrastructure then later on and bring that up to the standard that's yeah, required. I, I, absolutely. And yeah. I, know I just had a note where say Tony said there were six lights out in Millstream, we'll say, since March and Clonboy Bridgetown, two out since June. Like, you know, you're talking eight, nine months. And during the winter, that, that's just not good enough now. And that's not good enough for the general public yeah. and the people living in those areas. Just not good enough. Yeah, correct. OK, right. Listen, we'll move on. Motion number eight then was also from Tony O'Brien and it's uh, just had to bottom of the page there page three joe that traffic camming measure similar to what was put in place recently at new street slash newtown killaloo be put in place at convent hill slash abbey street to enhance road safety around both killaloo boys national school killaloo girls national school and what is a very busy commercial area of the town and then the reply that we got from that from declan flanagan the killaloo md team along with our road design section will be actively working with the national schools in seeking funding through the National Transport Authority under Safe Routes to Schools funding stream. The Convent Primary School and the Killaloo Boys National School are registered with the Safe Routes to School programme. The Safe Routes to School programme is designed to encourage as many pupils and students as possible in primary and post-primary schools to walk and cycle. It has three aims, to accelerate the delivery of walking, scooting and cycling infrastructure on key access routes to schools, provide front-of-school treatments which will enhance access to your school grounds, and to expand the amount of uh, bike parking available at schools. Funding allocations for 2024 works have yet to be announced, and it would be a benefit if the schools could avail of same. In addition, there is merit in a coordinated approach between the schools and Clare County Council uh, to the enhancement of road safety in the vicinity of school grounds. The members will be aware that the Killaloo Balna Town Enhancement and Mobility Strategy identifies a number of proposals for enhancement of pedestrian and cyclist mobility on Convent Hill, Abbey Street and around the Carrigs Lane, John Street, Royal Parade areas together with proposals for off-street car parking. 
whilst the implementation of the Kilu-Balna Town Enhancement and Mobility Plan is significantly dependent on funding arising from this notice of motion, Kilu-MD will commit to progressing plans and options in collaboration with the schools for improved pedestrian accessibility and traffic management solutions along the Convent Hill slash Abbey Street area and in particular in front of the schools themselves. Now that's a very long-winded reply and I nearly have to go back to what the actual <laughs> question was Joe, and th- this is an item that we- we've alluded to it in the past that, you know, the motions that ye have today or that ye have at, you know, a current meeting, some of those could be developments from maybe a motion or works that took place two, three years ago. And some of what happens today will be in relation to stuff that's going to happen in the future. And Tony references to say traffic cam in measure similar to what was put in place recently at New Street slash Newtown Killaloo. Now, for any of us that have traveled down to Killaloo, we now know what he's talking about because it was referenced in the last meeting that there was works to be carried out in the vicinity of, we'll say, the tennis club and the creche we'll say as you go up to Killaloo we'll say off off the main road those works have been done and it's basically they're sort of speed bumps or what have been put in so I I take it that Tony is basically looking for speed bumps and a combination of maybe a few other works to take place to enhance safety around the boys and uh, girls national schools so what are your thoughts sir? That's correct and again look my belief is the only way we can slow down traffic in built up areas is by proper traffic cameraman. Yeah. And if we don't do proper traffic cameraman, we're wasting our time. And I do agree with this motion that in no street that there has been proper traffic cameraman put in yeah. place and it will slow the traffic. Oh, well, certainly and, we'll say with the bumps that are there now, you know, we'll say, and it, it, it makes sense. You have a crash. And you have the tennis court there and you have nice access to it. And, you know, we say especially with the car park coming out of the crash, which is a little bit tight, you know, and uh, you go up to the, the tennis uh, course there as well. It makes sense, you know. So th- this is, we say, you know, good work being done is what I, w- I would I would say. And I suppose in relation to the schools, it's probably not the council that will be the main initiator of it because it's a different funding stream, whereas the work that was done in around the tennis club and the creche, that was a council-led scheme, because that's sort of minor works as well as class tests. Isn't that correct? That, that, that's correct, yeah, look. And again, look, at like what you said, it makes sense. And like what both of us are agreeing here today, to put proper traffic camera measures yeah. in built-up areas. I wouldn't be on for putting it out on local roads and coming out of towns and that's where you maybe have your veggie cultural contractors and different contractors using those roads. But it is important to slow the traffic where people and children are going to school and people using the towns and the villages. And traffic camming is important. And people have tried different things of traffic camming, closing in streets and tightening up things. But unfortunately, cars still drive fast. Yeah. But as we're saying in no street, and I do see where Councillor O'Brien is coming from, he wants to say now another part to kill a law, and rightly so, and it will slow down the, traf- the, traffic, uh, the traffic in the other parts. Um, it's vital, it's important. And in the interest of the safety of the people walking, cycling 
and uh, shopping and whatever the case may be, the traffic camming is important. And I'll say what we've seen done in North Street is definitely very good traffic camming. And hopefully we'll see that around more villages and towns going forward. Yeah, and it is a topic that I know from, you know, some of the debates that go on at your meetings. I think you're all pretty much in favour of the fact that more probably needs to be done in the county as a whole in relation to traffic camming measures in and around with areas of our villages and that it isn't done at the minute uh, for various reasons and that there are options out there to sort of try and do this. So I suppose so going forward, it'll be something that, that, that will be um, given a bit more prominence. It, it will. And just one other thing is there's also restrictions and guidelines there that mm. we adhere to when this traffic camming is going into places. And I'm aware of other places was looking for traffic camming and because they didn't meet the guidelines and restrictions, unfortunately were turned down. This, but hopefully they can be looked as well and as I say it's vital and important yeah. traffic and, and, and speaking of traffic and Joe that brings us on to uh, item number nine which is a motion from yourself uh, and it's in relation to traffic camming and your question was that Clare County Council give an update on the proposed traffic camming measures for the village of Ogunla and the reply then from Declan Flanagan was Killaloo MD has highlighted the requirement for a new traffic camming scheme in Ogunla with our road department. A specific improvement grant will be required to deliver this project with two schemes proposed. It is likely this will take the form of a single scheme adjacent to the community centre and church and a second scheme adjacent to the national school to reduce speeding through the village of Ogunla. The proposal has been highlighted to the engineering inspector in the Department of Transport and a submission for this specific grant will be submitted over the coming weeks and this will be subject to review of tr- funding by the Department of Transport. So now we've given you a great lead in from Tony's previous motion in relation to traffic camming, Joe. So now you have your own motion here. So <laughs> the floor is yours. Talk now, to us. The floor is mine and I must say two do- totally different circumstances altogether. In fairness to Tony's, he's inside in the town of Killaloo. Yeah. And again, look, it's probably easier to slow down the traffic inside in a town in a built-up area, like what Tony is saying. Yeah. And, but coming back to Ogunla, this has been a big issue in Ogunla for a lot of years with the speed and the traffic through the village of Ogunla. Yeah, and the, the, and the landscape of the village, we say, because it's sort of hilly, means yeah. that we'll say, OK, traffic that's going up the hill might be going a little bit slower, but traffic coming down the hill is going a little bit faster. Yeah. But, and we said there are issues in relation to speed. And I suppose the width of the road in some of the areas is sort of classed as good, so people might be inclined to go a little bit faster. So there, there's two areas that you're talking about there anyway, Joe. So you just, just give us a run through on what you're looking for. Yeah, Really what I'm looking for is here that, first of all, there's a very active community group in Ogunla and they've done trojan work there back along over the years. But this was always a big concern of theirs. We are aware around the centre of the village of Ogunla, we'll call it, where you have the church, the community centre, and whatever facilities are around yeah, there. And you, have and a, you, have a, you have a bend very close. A, a bend very close. A blind bend. A bend very yeah. close, exactly. You have an awful lot of movement of traffic through that regional road. We're all well aware of the uh, bridge crossing and bypass the Killaloo, and that's enough. That's going to bring a lot more traffic onto that road as well. So... Different engineers have gone out there. They have met the community council out there. They have looked at different ideas of what needs to be done in order to slow down the traffic on through Ogunla. It is happening again. We would be hopeful before the bridge 
um, bypass and bridge crossing, I'm oh, sorry, the bridge crossing and bypass is opened up, that this proper traffic camera measures will be put into Gunlow, but down around the school and the GA facilities and also in the centre of the village to slow the traffic coming from one end of Gunlow to the other, and pick up their speed again then and move on to their next um, location. But what needs to be done in is here, I'm not sure whether traffic uh, speed ramps are going to be put on the road or not, but definitely the traffic needs to be closed in, that you bring down the traffic to a low speed and to make sure that the people using the facilities around the village of Ogunlo are going to be safe. We know, we know that there's an awful lot of traffic going through us, we're well aware of that, mm. but the proper traffic camera measures need to be put there that you'll bring the, speed, the traffic down to a proper low speed, drive with the low speed through the village of Ogunlo, and then they'll pick up their speed again when they're going out of the village. And again, as I say, different solutions have been drawn up, different ideas have been come up with, but now it's time for action and a proper plan put in place which is being designed at the moment and hopefully that will happen sooner than later. Okay, and if it happens before June, you'll be even happier, Joe, I'm sure. Well, <laughs> I, I can see it happening before June. Yeah. Uh, look, again, as we're all well aware, funding is involved here as well. And when you're doing a, a job like the, like the village of Ogunlo, a long, drawn-out village, yeah. you need to be put for proper traffic camera measures yeah. in this isn't, this isn't this isn't something that can be sort of funded we'll say from within the council this would be mm. a department of transport de- de- definitely not and there was one line in it the proposal has been highlighted to the engineer engineering inspector of the department of transport yeah. and that's good as well the note has been highlighted to them and hopefully they look at uh, um, I just say a proven funding to yeah. carry out this project okay we'll move on then to your second motion then which is number 10 and that's that Clare County Council construct a new footpath from the housing development to the rugby facilities on the Fossabeg Road scarf in the interests of road safety and the reply from Declan Flanagan Assistant Senior Executive Engineer Clare County Council has reviewed this proposal for a new footpath between Fossabeg Housing Development and the rugby grounds with a number of measures required to deliver this project. Road widening, drainage works, boundary fencing and land dedication agreements would be required. There is merit in this project as it serves Scarif National School, the GA and rugby clubs, along with residents of the L8054 and would complement other pedestrian safety and mobility enhancements proposed by Clare County Council in Scarif. Killoo MD will be submitting this proposal for active travel funding for works in 2024. So were you happy with the response you got there? Yes, I was I was happy with the response. A lot of homework has been done as regards that project since the meeting. We're all well aware of the f- fantastic facilities that's up there. We're well aware of the amount of people just travelling up and down there and also the local national school there at the verge of the road where you turn up to the Fossabeg Road. We're also in talks with uh, the Board of Management and the Principal of Scarif National School to try and improve the whole area around there as regards parking, as regards footpaths and as regards safety around the school as well, which there's a lot of concern about as yeah. regards the safety. Even as late as this morning, we had a meeting with the Principal of the school, Liam Quirk, as regards that. So I'm happy with this response. We have met with the show uh, grounds Commission. We have met with the GA and we have talked, met with the rugby uh, executive and all are very uh, happy to move forward, work with the local authority and see if we can make this area safer for everyone that's using it, uh, motorists, cyclists, 
walkers and whatever the case may be. As I say, it's a narrow road, and I do agree with them, with the outcome of the motion as regards widening and drainage works and public lighting all needs to be upgraded there as well. Yeah, I suppose in a way you'd say you you've a, you've a national school at the top, you've a housing, you've you know two housing estates, you have a GEA ground and you have a rugby ground, and to be able to serve all that number of facilities in we'll say what's you know a few hundred yards stretch of road would actually be very beneficial i think to the area because the road uh, obviously is narrow enough i i take it joe that what you'd be talking about with that is the footpaths you'd be talking about is going to just go down we'll say as far as the rugby club because the road goes on we'll say from that and i don't think it would be feasible due to the narrowness of the road to sort of try and put a footpath further on out there or, or what are your thoughts in it is it just to the rugby pitches where, where you're hoping for yeah, yes look and we also have the show commission up there and there yes, the sorry, big rounds up there yeah. 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 yes it'll go a fair entrance into the rugby facilities yeah. which, which would serve everyone which would serve, serve everyone, everyone yeah. yeah which yeah. would serve everyone and as I said it's important again and in for in interest to safety. Yeah. Now we'll move on to number eleven, which is notice a motion from Councillor Pat Burke. And Pat is calling on Clare County Council to pipe an open drain adjacent to a property, and there's an air code there, at Ockram Scarf in the interest of road safety. And they the reply from Declan Flanagan, Assistant Senior Executive Engineer. There is no surface water network adjacent to the property at present. In the interim, our roads crew will open inlets and drains channels adjacent to this property. A new storm water network of 150 metres length of pipeline will be required to resolve this issue in the long term. The Killaloo MD will be submitting this scheme as part of the drainage grant for the 2024 Road, road Works programme. Now, Joe, this is, I suppose, a matter that's not going to be making the front page of the Clare Champion. But it's matters like this that, that are brought up by all councillors in relation to sort of... It mightn't be a big issue for the county in general, but it's a big issue for the people that live in and around addresses in relation to different bits and pieces. And this is just an issue with regards to sur- surface water. So give us your thoughts on, on that. Again, Lucas, it is vital and important that all these drains are kept to a standard where you don't have the surface water flowing on the roads. And even I'm well aware of it over the last couple of days where there is surface water coming out onto roads, roads with the change in the climate and the frosty conditions, sections of roads are just gone dangerous where the water's coming out. I see where Councillor Buck is coming from with this motion and I'm delighted to see that uh, with... The, grant, the drainage grants for 2024 work, uh, works programme, there may be a possibility of getting that water drained away to a water course where it can get safely off the road and won't make the road a hazard for the people live, living on it. Yeah. And be honest, you unfortunately, because of leaves, whatever the case may be, all drainage works needs to be upgraded nearly every year, every two years on roads. It's impossible for the council to get to every local and minor road. That's a pishy too. But as you said at the offset, the people using that road, it's vital and important to them and to any other users of the road that the washers kept off it and not flooding the road and flowing out onto the road in the interest of safety. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. right, we'll go then to motion 12. And I, I'll just refer before we talk to this, this is a little bit like one of the motions that Tony had last month uh, in that it's one of the ones where, you know, 
know, sometimes action doesn't take place for a few months or it could be six months to a year, but this is one where action has taken place. And it was calling, uh, Motion 12, calling on Clare County Council to upgrade the footpath and curbs outside the filling station and nearby properties at Drewsburg to Ingraney as these have fallen into disrepair. And a reply from Declan Flanagan, the Assistant Senior Executive Engineer, Killaloo MD has reviewed these locations in Tungraney Village. Degradation has occurred at the access points to the service station. Levels of curbs are also inconsistent and will require replacement. And Killaloo MD will be carrying out improvement works to these sections of footpaths over the coming two months. And now, sadly, uh, Joe, this is a, 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 an item both you and I are well aware of. Our, we said the shop unfortunately where there has been reference there is no longer open but hopefully there will be good news coming on that in the, in the future and I think a lot of people maybe thought that um, a new owner had appeared and was sort of starting to do a little bit of work but on this occasion it was no but the council have uh, already carried out the works at this location so this is an example of a great example of where a motion will say is submitted to the local MD and that people can see that yeah it, that motion has been submitted it has been checked out it's been set for works to be carried out and actually the works have been carried out in the meantime and anybody that has travelled on the road there in the last few weeks will have seen that that, that those works have taken place so give us your thoughts sir. that's great yes my thoughts are first of all uh, yes we believe that there is a new owner of the premises there and we believe is that there will something be happening there sometime in 2024, hopefully, that the owner is looking at different options. I believe is, yes, he will open the shop, whether there'll be more uh, facilities there outside of the shop, time will tell. But again, going back to the motion, um, if, if it was a good motion, and we're all well aware of footpaths and curbs that's, that's uh, damaged and maybe from traffic pulling up from over the years and that, they need to be upgraded. And as you rightly said, this happened almost straight after that uh, area meeting, which was good to see. And it's great to see progress like that. Progress happened that way in some projects, but unfortunately other projects go on the long finger and don't happen. But it's great to see this, especially with so many people using that footpath for walking and that. We'd all love to have seen the shop there open and people going in and out, but that's not the situation at the moment. Moment, but hopefully that'll happen and maybe not as fast as the footpath and the curves happened <laughs> but you'll never know you'll never know we'll always live in hope uh, thanks for that Joe we'll move on now and we have two motions from Councillor Pat Hayes and number 13 is after our application for the active travel fund to enhance connectivity and infrastructure on Tuller Road in Crosheen didn't secure funding I'm suggesting a new approach I propose seeking financial support for this vital project from the Development Levies Fund under the Economic Development Department of Clare County Council. And a reply then from Brian McCarty, Senior Planner and Killaloo MD Coordinator. In the recently adopted Clare County Development Plan 2023-2029, Crosheen has been identified as a commuter village, quote, due to its location between Ennis and Galway, acting as a commuter village for both. A key priority will be to retain community and social facilities within the village and to encourage indigenous enterprises and service provision. The development plan further indicates that it is an objective, quote, to further enhance the public realm within the village. Whilst upgrades to and provision for green infrastructure such as walking and cycling routes would promote active recreation and sustainable travel, in the village and its environs, with potential for a link to the mid Way, which passes to the northwest of the village. Since 2019, four residential developments, totaling over 130 residential dwellings, 
and a number of small-scale office and retail units have been permitted in Crusheen. It is clear there has been a positive level of housing developments in Crusheen with consequent receipt of development levies and contribution. Arising from the notice of motion, it is reasonable indeed it is the purpose of the development contribution scheme that development should benefit the area. Therefore, in light of this notice of motion, funding will be sought under the development contribution scheme to assist in the enhancement of public realm and footpaths in Crusheen as per the objectives of the development plan. So your thoughts on that one, Joe? Yeah, well, look, part of the motion said since 2019, four residential developments totaling over 130 residential dwellings have taken place in Crusheen. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's simply fantastic to see that happening in a village like Crusheen. And that's enough when that amount of people, when that amount of houses come into an area, yes, you do need to upgrade the infrastructure in the area. Uh, I welcome the reply to the motion. There was uh, actually a meeting called with the local community up there sometime back in November, I'd say, yeah, to back around November. And the turnout at that meeting was something unbelievable. It was organised by the local authority, Clare County Council, and it gave the opportunity for the people of the community to come out and meet representatives from Clare County Council to outline their concerns and what they felt needed to be done for the village of Fushin. There was a lot of concern there on the night, and there have been, some of them have been mentioned here by both Councillor Hayes and Brian McCarthy, our senior, senior man here on the Killaloo MD, and where the likes of footpaths, pedestrian crossing, um, the infrastructure of the street, coming up the village, coming through the village, also coming down to the National School, the entrance into the GA grounds, also a burial ground for Crusheen. Issues like that were raised on the night, very important and vital issues. But my, yes, the local authority are working with the community in Crusheen, the local councillors are supporting the people of Crusheen as well, and the uh, improvement of the infrastructure through the village of Crusheen, which is vitally important. And, of course, the other one that we're all hoping will happen in the near future is a train stop for Crusheen as well, which will bring more people into the catchment area. So, yes, it's a good motion, a timely motion, but it's a motion now that don't want to be left on a desk. It needs to be progressed, and the infrastructure, yes, Definitely needed to be, yeah. needs to be upgraded. Yeah, I, I'd have to compliment uh, Councillor Hayes. Instead of letting it lie, he says, you know, looking for funding under the Development Levies Fund. And it sort of makes sense because, as I said, in the reply, you said there's been 130 residential dwellings. Right. Each of those, there are contributions made by the people that, are, you know, have to pay for those. And you, the idea of, you know, where there are development contributions is to sort of, you know, to contribute to what are, you're talking about there. So it's only right and proper that money that that is given by people or, or companies that are building in the Crusheen area goes back into developing the, the facilities in the Crusheen area. So Correct, and that's vital and important. Yeah, okay. Now, Pat's second motion was, I'm asking for the implementation of a comprehensive long-term programme to address the persistent flooding challenges in the River Graney catchment area and its tributaries. The frequent road closures and the noticeable expansion of floodplains this autumn show the urgent need for immediate attention. Additionally, I propose seeking funding under the Climate Action Plan to support these critical initiatives. And then there was a reply uh, also from Brian McCarthy, the Senior Planner and Killaloo MD Coordinator. 
and uh, this one's going to go on for a while now as well. I don't know. Will, will I will I go through the whole lot of it? But uh, uh, Clare County Council are aware of the challenges from the River Grainy and its floodplains. We've reviewed flood locations on our road network adjacent to the River Grainy floodplains and identified and submitted works to be carried out at Isle Upper on the L8056 under our proposals for 2024 Climate Action Adaptation and Resilience Works Programme where the road surface has flooded a number of times in 2023. The works will include raising of the existing road network and drainage works adjacent to the L8056. Now, there's one bit here uh, that I will reference. In 2023, Killaloo MD was allocated €204,300 for drainage works as detailed in the schedule of municipal district works. This funding grant has remained unchanged for several years. The primary focus of this funding is to deal with remediation and improvement of defective drainage systems to help increase the longevity of road surface integrity. This can also be used to deal with off-road drainage issues such as catchments that are not performing as, as effectively as it should. Then there's um, a map that's referenced here, we'll say, in relation to sort of flooding uh, and how, how we'll say, the river floods in relation to it. And uh, I won't go through all of that, but I'll basically just go on to where it says, since the raising, the bottom of page 8 there, Joe, since the raising of a similar notice of motions, the Killaloo MD met with the Community Water Officer with Local Authority Waters Programme, to discuss the concerns and assess potential solutions. Uh, Law Pro, which is uh, the anagram for that, actively engages with local authorities and landowners on works in improving water quality in our rivers and streams. Where works are identified, they collaborate with the relevant local authority, public body and water stakeholders to find a solution. Killaloo have, MD have also undertaken a high-level aerial survey to assess any blockages in the, and have recently secured a contractor to carry out a more detailed visual inspection of the river grainy. Locations with blockages and issues in stream will be identified where minor works are required. Works in stream will be subject to funding and consent from National Parks and Wildlife Service and inland fisheries island following appropriate assessment works being undertaken. Now, before uh, I give you a chance to reply to that, Joe, just in the reply, I see that works will be subject to funding from different organisations that are not the council. So you have the National Parks and Wildlife Service and Inland Fisheries Ireland following assessments. So just give us your thoughts in relation to um, that motion there. Lucas, again, we're well aware of the Granny, Granny River and the amount of flooding that's taken place along the area of where it runs from Fetal down into Scarif, heading on down to White Mount Shannon. And in fairness, uh, Councillor Hayes, he's been on about this for a long number of years, about uh, the extent of the flooding. And Councillor Burke and, Count and myself have supported him the whole time, and we have had different motions down on it. But there's, there's two big concerns here. First of all, the big concern is, in 2023, Killaloo MD was allocated 204... 204,300 uh, uh, euros yeah. for drainage works, which both of us know that's for the whole Killaloo MD, and that includes drainage works on sides of roads and whatever as well, where drainage works has to be carried out there. V very small amount of funding. And the other disappointing thing here is, and I wouldn't say disappointing, where roads have been flooded, that the council unfortunately have to go and raise the level of the road to try and keep the flooding off the road. Yeah. Where it'd make a lot more sense to go in and clean the base of the rivers. And all the different organisations 
work together to clean that river. For years upon years, we're looking for the Granny River to be um, drudged and cleaned, and that's what needs to happen, and drop down the level of the water instead of the water, the level of the water coming up, and we raising roads to try and stay off the level of the water. Yeah. So I, I take it, Joe, that well, this is sort of like the council and then their, you know, the, the replies sort of references, as I indicated, wildlife, ser- national parks and wildlife service and inland fisheries. Is this one of those areas where, unfortunately, there's many Indians but there's no chief. No one is taking the lead on it or no one can drive it because there's other organisations that mightn't be a priority for them as much. Maybe not a priority, but restrictions is a big issue and a big concern. And you can only do certain things at a certain time of the year. You can only go down a certain level that you can't just go into the middle of a river and get a machine in there like what was done in the past and yeah. clean the whole lot from one end to the other. Yeah, because there's ecological uh, co- considerations co- co- to be co- taken. Co- yeah. Correct, yeah. Yes. And it is holding up uh, progress, and there's no point saying it's not. It is affecting the farming communities living along on the banks of the river, and there's no point saying it's not. And thereafter Christmas, we've seen the amount of flooding of land adjacent to the river yeah. and it was unbelievable and it was scandalous and even in some situations where the council had raised roads unfortunately the level of the water came out onto the roads again where they had them well raised and as I say we can keep raising roads but we need to start lowering the level of the water yeah. that's what needs to be done the more that we'll say it's brought up at a local level it probably needs a national level sort of programme to get the mindset of people to say no more than when you had flooding schemes in Ennis or in Athlone or stuff like that you said that well, this happens in rural Ireland as well that you know we need to do a little bit of work here and if you sort of do this x and y you sort of solve the solution of said a few years down the line as you said there's not much point in the council raising roads you know to get above the level of the flooding and then the source of the flooding isn't being fixed and then you have to go raising it up again that doesn't make sense that that's a waste of resources that could actually be put into you know maybe assisting with sort of trying to get a bit of dredging done or some works carried out to bring the water levels down to a proper level exactly and again it comes down to funding and unfortunately the criteria where people's hands are tied only with with the amount of their limit their limited amount of work they can carry out but funding has a big bearing in this as well and we will be calling on the department to give more funding towards to try and get these rivers cleaned and brought down to a level that it should be i I suppose the 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 easiest comparison you could make with it would be sort of in relation to hedges being cut, you know, between whatever April Correct. and September. It's that, it's that at, a, at a, a river level is basically what you're talking about and works that need to take place. Right, listen, Joe, that's all the motions that took place, we'll say, at the November meeting. But I alluded at the start that there was uh, item... Uh, item number three on the agenda was a section 38 and that was proposed traffic calming measures to Market Square Scarf and L4024 Roadway in the town and the Ballymanoe County Clare. Now, will you tell me, first of all, what exactly is a section 38? A section 38 is something similar as going in for a planning application. So it is given to go ahead. Whatever works have been designed at draft level have been, um, what is it, gone out to public consultation to the people in the area. They had the opportunity of the public consultation to see exactly what has been done on draft maps. Then, as come back to the council, naturally enough, people have their, um, have their, can put in their submissions. 
Det här dagsjonskitt mm. står där. Att det är koncertens, att det inte är någonting, att det kan vara som det är upp till dem själv. Så den finalen är gått through the process. Den är kommit back in front of the local area councillors to see are they happy with what the people have decided and what the council are proposing. Okay, and you don't have to agree to the section 38 and you do agree to the six, section 38. This one is covered, as you said rightly, the officers wouldn't agree to the first meeting, not the second meeting, because there was concerns from the people of the town of Scarif and of the catchment area and those concerns that we taken on board. So really a section 38, you could say, is the same as a planning permission. So it, it, it's effectively the council sort of applying for permission, making an application to do works for an area. So th- this is basically the area for all intensive purposes in around the, the what would be the green of Scarf, you know, the, we'll say the area at the top of the hill, the road that sort of goes down, uh, the side road down towards the ambulance bay and then back with the car park and that general area and the roads that would connect, we'll say, from the Flagmount side, the road that connects from the back road to Mount Shannon, the road connecting from Fecal and the road coming up the hill as well. That's generally, it's that general area, the centre of Scarf, I presume, that, is what it is. That That, that is yeah. the general area, yeah. exactly what you have to uh, say and and of course, we're all well aware that time when this consultation did take place, when the draft was um, on public display, there was a lot of concern about uh, parking around the town of Scarif. Was it going to eliminate uh, par- some of the parking, which it has, and there's no point saying it won't. But again, we've been for years upon years trying to get a new car park for the town of Scarif, and within this section 38, that is part of the proposal as well, that there will be a car park down Jones's Road, and that's vitally important to Scarif. But I must say at this stage, there was a lot of concern, and there's no point saying there wasn't, and there is still concern. But this has been going on, this project has been explored for a long number of years. There had been a lot of changes in it. You have the Scarif Town Team and Scarif Community Council working with the local authority, working with the local public representatives, and we'll be all hoping that this Section 38 has now been approved, that it will make Scarif a better place to work, to live, to visit and to shop. And that is vital and important, and that's what we're all trying to achieve. So, Joe, after the meeting that took place in November, it was put off to a a separate meeting, which wasn't a full MD MD meeting. And so you said there now has been agreement for it, which basically means that is is it now where the council can go looking for funding to sort of uh, try and develop it? So what, what would happen next? There was further consultation after we didn't approve it at that meeting. Yeah. With the local committees here in Scarif mm. and with the local councillors and the local authority. But after those meetings, there were still people not fully happy that we should go and approve the Section 38. But exactly what you said, yes, we decided then, working with all the different groups, to go ahead and approve it. We'd be hoping it'll work better for the town of Scarif. But exactly what you have to say, if we didn't approve it, we wouldn't be able to make a further application for the funding, which has been um, approved by the department, will be 
approved hopefully sometime in 2024 by the department but if we didn't get that application it's been by around February I think mid-February yeah. which isn't too far away uh, full detailed application has been made by the council we wouldn't, they would not be able to go ahead and apply for that funding which is very vital and important as well and vital also to improve the town of Scarif and as I've said already have it more accessible, easier for people to get in and get out, easier for parking, which is vital and important as well. Parking is probably the biggest issue that might have been raised in relation to it, Joe, because the initial plans that came out, there was a number of parking spaces to be removed. And now that's bad enough, but if uh, it's sort of linked with it is there is a proposed development, we'll say for a car park to be close to the centre of Scarif so you could say okay if we're adding in maybe 38 car parking spaces in a car park that's great if we're losing 17 or 18 around the, the town you know due f- for various reasons to maybe to enhance safety or to widen footpaths or just uh, there's probably a little bit of road realignment taking place as well because I, I know one the develop the proposals is that if you're coming we'll say from the Flagmount Road and you're trying to turn up to where Roger's shop is at the moment that that area is going to be closed off that's my understanding is that still going to be the the case or has that been uh, adjusted no that hadn't been adjusted and if you're coming from the flagmount road and we'll say turning up towards that you will have to go right up around and come in from uh we'll call it the connacht road side near near the fire station yeah 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 Yeah. correct yeah yeah. so that one adjusted no yeah okay so 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 that is that is still the situation you know and i'm sure with the work that will take place there that's going to be something where a few car parking spaces will be knocked out there because the road uh, the roads and the levels are going to have to be adjusted that's not great but if there are additional car parking spaces being provided close by it's one of those things where you said we mightn't all love it but you know what if we're getting the if we're getting 95 percent of what we're looking for down the line and you know that it'll sort of work for the greater area well then some things you just say look we just have to go with it and try and get get the get the go ahead and just go and do it well we'd be hoping that it would improve for the great area going forward yeah and again there was a lot of concern about the amount of traffic to be using the connect road yes but again, after a lot of discussion and discussion with engineers, it's felt, yes, it will be workable. Yeah. But again, we all know time will tell. Yeah. But as I say, it's important and very, very important that it is God's right for the business people of Scarif, for the residents of Scarif, and also for the people visiting Scarif, coming into Scarif. Yeah. We'd be hopeful what had been proposed will be a success. That's what we'd be hopeful. And going back to the section 38 and the time limit, there'll be an application made from Clare County Council in 2024 for RDDF funding from Mm -hmm. the department. And if we didn't get this section 38 over the line, they wouldn't be able to continue on with the application for the funding. We believe that there will be big funding available if we get approved for the funding. And that's enough, we have to get approved for the funding as well. Yeah. And there's no guarantee we will, but we'll be hopeful we will. But it's going to make a major game changer for the town of Scarif if all this work uh, gets approved for funding and goes ahead. But the most important thing is we'll be hoping that the businesses and the residents and the people living in Scarif 
will be happy with the outcome and that's vitally important and we're well aware the parking in Scarra for a long number of years had been a major issue and hopefully when this works will carry it out and with the new car park that, that'll be all past tense. And one of the other facilities that the council are hoping to develop Joe is the hope the digital hope in what would have been O'Burns Correct, yes. area and stuff like that and are are these things you think that if if everything lines up that it will be those developments might take place sort of at the same time or what way do you think that has the potential to go? It's all part of the project so the whole lot should be taking place together if the project is approved but we have a condition on it the first thing that has to be sorted is the car park and the parking in Scariff because as we're all saying that is vitally important but it's all going to be the one project the hub, the car park, the town realm and upgrading works. Okay, so, so it's all the one. So it, to get the potential access to that level of funding, it was vital for the Section 38 to be passed to enable it all to line up and for that application to, to go in. That's the it, best way to it, describe if it. If the Section 38 wasn't passed, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, that's the easiest way of describing it, yeah. Joe. So, <laughs> and, and thanks very much for that. Now, listen, we're, we're nearly done. So I'm just going to thank you very much for taking the time to come in and have a chat to us. You'll have about, I'd say, 30 messages to answer on your phone because I can see it ringing there for the, la- for the last hour. Would you just sort of tell us, Joe, you're a councillor for 20 years in the East Clare general area and I know it's sort of changed from Scarif to the Killaloo MD and you've had different areas where, you, where you've covered over, over the years. I'll ask you two questions. What would you think has been the council and year biggest success and your biggest failure over that period of time? And if I were to ask you, what would you like to see happening in the next five to ten years in East Clare, what would your thoughts be? Look, there has been a lot of successes and a lot of disappointments. And we can go into villages and towns and we can see the way they have been upgraded. No footpaths have gone in. Um, no road, roadways have been made through them. Uh, big improvement on road surfaces and local and minor roads throughout the East Clare area, we'll call it. Uh, I remember back in 2004, that time there was a major concern about infrastructure in different areas. I remember the fetal scar of storage scheme was one, and there was an awful lot of talk going on about it. But that was one of the major assets of major projects was carried out. That went ahead, I'd say, back in maybe give or take around 2007 or 2008. And I think that made, made a major difference to the area. But my big concern going forward is what's happening in small rural villages and because of the lack of infrastructure. That when you don't have the waste washer, we have public washer most of the areas, most of the settlements, but we have a number of settlements that don't have the waste water treatment plants. And when they don't know, with the criteria they stay from the environment, you're not allowed to put a treatment plant in for a number of houses and those small villages that don't have the infrastructure, unfortunately, are dying on their feet. We saw in East Lair where Brawford got approved for a wastewater treatment plant through a special pilot scheme that was in by, got, by the hard work of the Arctic members and the local councillors. Over a very prolonged period uh, of time. That was the unfortunate yeah. thing. But if we didn't stick together, stay fighting for Brawford, they probably wouldn't have succeeded. But at least they have step one taken, even though there's a lot more steps to be taken before the infrastructure 
will be in the village of Bradford, but I believe, yes, the fun is taken, it will happen, but that's what needs to be done. Those small villages need to be revived, need to be brought back into life. We're well aware of the great work that's been done on vacant and derelict houses throughout villages and towns. That needs to continue. That needs to be driven on. Unfortunately, there's uh, buildings in villages and towns where the owners don't seem to be too concerned about them and they're left there derelict, not good enough, and something needs to be uh, done, which is happening in the local authority at the moment, and there's no point saying it's not happening. But them are some of the disappointing things that haven't progressed more. It's not going to be easy, and there's no point saying it will be easy, but we have to keep working together to keep achieving for the East Clare area. And we have to say, progress has been made too. We've already mentioned a couple of times about the bridge crossing and bypass of Killaloo. That's going to be a major asset. We're all well aware of Holy Island and, and the visitor centre, what's happening there and what's been developed there. That's going to be vital and important as well. There's some fantastic communities out there. And a lot of work has been upgraded no infrastructure has gone into places. We're aware of the no housing development here in Scarif. Them things don't happen by accident. What goes into those? But what I say is, yes, things are improving. We'd love to see more happening faster than it is happening. But unfortunately, all these things take time, also takes funding. But the most important thing is we try and keep our local shops, our local schools, our local post offices, our local bars, whatever may, the case may be, try and keep them alive and try and keep the population increasing to make sure that them places are viable. And I'm a bit concerned about some of the smaller rural villages that might just die and we don't want to see any more schools or anything closed in our post office as that. And we all need to work together to make sure that don't happen going forward. And hopefully, as I said at the offset, that East Clare, like our county, will be a better place to work in, to live in and to enjoy. And I must say, there is a lot of employment, there is a lot of business going on in East Clare, but to keep supporting those, keep building on what we have, and that is vital and important. Yeah, it is. Okay, well, Joe, I suppose some of the matters you've brought up there uh, don't just apply to East Clare, they apply to sort of lots of rural areas around the rest of the country as well. But as I said, we're, we're a local community radio station serving the people of East Clare, so we're only interested in what's happening here. Listen, it's been very informative, and I thank you very much for coming in. And we'll be seeing you, of course, before the election time. We'll be uh, Anyone that's sort of out and about is going to be seeing you, I presume, on the roads everywhere around the county in general. But We'll, we'll see you back here for the elections in June and I'm sure there'll be plenty to sort of discuss uh, in the meantime in relation to that as well. There'll be a few more motions going before the council for ne- for meetings as well. But I just want to finish up and say, Joe, thanks a minute for coming into us. It's very much appreciative. And the aim of this programme is to sort of try and get across to our listeners local democracy in action. The people that are elected by the inhabitants of East Clare are our local councillors. You know, we'll say ye, co- ye cover our area. That's TDs cover the whole of Clare, but ye cover our area and it's good to sort of have you into sort of account talk about sort of you know give your opinions the good the bad and you know where hopefully things might improve or where things need to be done so it's a a great example of democracy in action we thank you for your time coming in and we shall talk to you soon thank you luke